Thanks for listening to the Innovation Experts, a new global podcast brought to you by Farnell, Newark, and Element 14, where you can find out about the latest innovations in the world of electronics. Hello and welcome to the next interview from the Innovation Experts, a global podcast by Farnell, Newark, and Element 14. My name is Cliff Ortmeyer, I'm the Global Head of Technical Marketing, joining you from Chicago. Today we have Mike Purday, who is the Regional Manager of EMEA for Test and Measurement at Pico Technology, based in Cambridge, England. We'll be talking about how Pico's broad range of products, including their PC-based scopes, have enabled innovation from hybrid working through education. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Good afternoon from me here in the UK, and obviously good morning to you in, in Chicago. It's great to have been asked to join you on the, on this podcast. Yeah, I hear you're finally getting some sun over there too, which is nice, huh? Yeah, it's uh, it's improved. We had a thoroughly cold and miserable April and a very wet May, but actually we're uh, we're experiencing some sun, some warmth, and, and um, it's a very welcome change, I have to be honest. Nice, nice. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what led you to uh, to join Pico? Yes, of course. So I joined Pico in 2018, so nearly three years ago, as a distribution sales manager looking after specific geographical territories. Before that, I ran the sales and marketing department for a test and measurement consultancy for five years, doing bespoke test fixturing. Uh, and then more recently, earlier in 2021, I was asked to take a, a step up and run the EMEA, Europe, Middle East and Africa region for Pico Technology. So I look after the, the sales and the application engineering staff in, in EMEA and all of the accounts and all of the distributors, which obviously includes Farnell. Well, how has business been during the pandemic for you guys? Business has been fantastic, actually. So we've been incredibly fortunate in that we have, as a company, grown every year for the past 29 years since we were founded. And we've still managed to continue that growth through the the, the pandemic. So I think we've been extremely fortunate and we're extremely grateful for the, the growth and the performance that we've seen. That's amazing. That's that's pretty stellar results. I got to ask, you know, because they've always intrigued me, and uh, obviously we'll get into this into the podcast, but how did the PC-based scope start for, for you guys? No, certainly interesting question. So our Pico started 30 years ago, almost exactly 30 years ago, and our chief executive and the company's owner joined what at the time was a, a software consultancy business. And he invented a device that used a parallel port technology, as it was then, to get data on and off from computers. And he realized that that was the basis of a, a saleable product. That was actually where the first products that Pico manufactured or, or built came from. So we moved and actually the, the software consultancy was subsequently closed down. And we moved into, into the PC connected test industry. And we, we were the, the first people to do it. And, and we still are the market leaders in that field. Yeah, you, it seems like you've had a pretty amazing run. What do you think the secret sauce is to to your success? I think that one of the main things is the company's ethos. So we have a motto, and the motto is that we treat our customers like friends and our staff like family. So we really try and go the extra mile for, for all of our customers and obviously for all of our distributors. And I think that that culture, which comes from the very top of the company, is something that, that's actually really helped drive the growth. You know, it keeps people very loyal to the business. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that one. I, I gotta ask, when I, when I think about a PC-based scope, I'm guessing there's a lot of advantages other than just size that, that I'm not even aware of because, like I said, I've never used one before. What are the benefits of using a PC-based uh, scope? It's a very good question. Of course, it's a question we get asked a lot. So I think the three main reasons, the three main underlying reasons are size, portability, and cost at a given price point. But from those, that spins off a lot of advantages for our PC-based technology. So we can pick those up in, in order if you like. But if we think about our size, then obviously size is key in the current environment where we've got people working from home potentially or partly from home and partly from the office. So that's one thing. And the size leads to portability. So when people want to do work in the field, they need to have equipment that's small enough and portable enough and light enough to be taken out and used remotely. So from my own perspective, in more normal times, I do an awful lot of traveling, international traveling with my job. And I would simply pack my, my Picascope together with my laptop into my laptop bag and I'd take that onto, onto an aeroplane in, in the cabin. But of course, one can't do that with a traditional benchtop oscilloscope. So those are some of the, the, the base reasons why the Picascope range is, is so popular. And there are other benefits, obviously, that spin out from that. Yeah, I think one of the things that kind of got brought to my attention, you know, obviously being around for a number of years and forgetting what it's like to be in a in a college dorm room, but you know, if you think about the size, you've got a you've got a computer that's on your desk and, you know, when I'm looking in my office over here, I've got a uh, you know, a scope on my desk that's a, you know, regular size scope and I think, "Wait a minute, you you couldn't actually physically fit that in a dorm room or an apartment i mean it literally takes up a lot of space so space really does uh, can really play a, i guess an important factor I, I think it does i think your point about the computer is, is a very good and very interesting one because of course pretty much everybody that we're working with already has the computer so when you look at a traditional benchtop oscilloscope somewhere in the region of 70% of the functionality in that unit is also contained within a computer. So by stripping that out and by actually using the computer that you've already got on the desk, we reduce the size of the box that the, that the scope actually is in. So obviously you're using a lot less bench space and, and your point about the dorms is a good one for, for students. But the other thing you're doing, of course, is removing a lot of the cost because if you're actually utilising the computer, then you're not needing the, the, the cost of replicating that functionality within the, within the scope. So there's, there's a significant cost implication there and Pico products are all exceptionally keenly priced for their for their functionality yeah i'm assuming that most of the main processing functionality is still it's obviously included in the scope itself so therefore the computer's really just acting as an interface a display interface to do some you know just display processing or capturing of data things like that there's technology on board the scope, but it is using the processing power in the computer. So the Pico software package is obviously doing a lot of the work. So there's FPGA technology going on in the scope itself, but there's right. a lot of processing that's done actually on the, on the PC. So we're using that processing power in the computer to harness the power that you've already got within your, your laptop or within your desktop. 
also worth saying that with the PC connected equipment, a lot of our units can also take their power from the PC as well, so they can be, be, be standalone. Some of the higher performance models need to be plugged in, they need power supplies to go with them, but with the lower end units, they, they can take their power from the PC, so uh, it doubles up as a power supply as well. Hmm, that's convenient. What benefits does the PC actually bring versus, say, like an oscilloscope in terms of being able to do screen captures and be able to print? I'm guessing just trying to think of some things that, you know, would be easier and more beneficial from using an external PC. Of course. No, it's a good question. So I think you've got clearly a choice of the type of computer that you you use so you can use a, a laptop with a small display if you want something that's portable and integrated so i'm running here with a, a dell laptop with a 13 inch screen but you could if you wished use a, a very high performance desktop type pc if, if you preferred but of course the thing that you have the most choice about that you really wouldn't have any choice about with a benchtop oscilloscope is you have a choice of display so if you going back to my uh, example of using a laptop for, for a small integrated package, you can you can keep that compact. But the beauty of using a PC connected scope is that you can have your display as, as large as you wish. So if you want to run a 65 inch ultra high definition display and you need to drill into your signals in great detail, then you can you can do that with um, PC tip connected test equipment. Yeah, yeah that's true. I, you know, was just thinking back because I used to be, you know, pretty heavy into analog and obviously I was looking for a lot of noise and spikes and things like that and it would have been nice back then to have a much larger display to be able to, to pick those things out and uh, obviously we do see the displays right, right, you know, rising in size these days probably to, to help take that into account and plus, you know, all the other features that are basically getting incorporated into scopes. What about in terms of sharing data? I think undoubtedly it does, because if you're using a benchtop oscilloscope or a benchtop piece of equipment, then that piece of equipment usually stands alone. Whereas with Pico obviously being PC connected, you're already onto a network, potentially onto a, you know, the internet or the ability to share files becomes much easier. So our, the Pico software can be installed, and it's free of charge, can be installed on computers anywhere in the world. And if you in Chicago had a file that you wanted me here in Cambridge to look at that you, you made using a Picoscope, then you could very easily send it to me and I could simply load it onto the software and view it here. So it makes sharing and transferring data very much easier. Yes, that's absolutely right. What about, I know that I've read some information about a simulation mode as well. Yeah, we offer the ability to simulate hardware and software. So it's particularly aimed at people that want to try Pico's software before they actually buy a Picoscope or a, a data logger. And you can download, as I said, the, the software's free of charge. Anybody can go to picotech.com and, and download the software and they can download it and they can try it free of charge. And you can choose to simulate uh, a piece of hardware and actually you get to grips with the software before you choose to invest in in a, in a Pico product. So we use that as a as a, a demonstration tool, really effectively. Are very useful, particularly in academia, where, for example, you might have students that want to buy Picoscopes, but they want to try the software, or their university or their college wants them to try the software before they get started. Yeah. Although I, I gotta be honest with the the price of some of the entry level models you're almost getting to the point where it's not that much of a uh, 
financial investment compared to traditional or higher end scopes. So I think you guys have made it really quite affordable. Thank you. Yes, that's always been the intention. So our, our entry level oscilloscope start from just, just over $100 for a 10 megahertz fully featured scope. But it's worth pointing out that those scopes use the same software as our, our high-end real-time scopes. So we, we, we sell oscilloscopes that go up to a, with a real-time bandwidth of up to one gigahertz, and they all use the same software package. So actually, if you get students who they or their, their university wants to invest in uh, the entry-level scopes, it's giving them experience with a, a software platform that they can then take on to use in, in industry moving forward. So yes, it, it is very cost-effective to be able to do that. We've actually got universities that are saying now well you know with students it's a bit like having your own textbooks isn't it you can have your own oscilloscope that you keep through the three years or the four years of the course and it's yours so we, we very much want to be able to maintain that moving forward yeah i think there's definitely something to get into there i, I could see it being a tremendous advantage uh, i remember way back back in the day we used to have our little fishing tackle boxes with our 555 timers and our wire kit and breadboard and stuff like that and never dreamt of having any kind of equipment in the dorm room and I mean fast forward to today where you can actually have a scope you know sitting on your desk it takes up hardly any room it's, it's pretty amazing. I think that's right and I think that your point about kits are practical sessions is a really good one so throughout the pandemic uh, over the last 14 months we've seen a very large lift in demand for the entry-level scopes for remote teaching and for distance learning so universities equipping their students obviously the students are not able to come onto to campus but they've been able to equip them with scopes sometimes as part of kits that students have been able to carry on doing their lab work and their, their coursework remotely so i think it's been a huge bonus for those students that otherwise wouldn't have been able to do the, the practical element of their courses without the equipment that we, through yourselves, we've supplied to, to, to a number of universities and colleges globally. Do you see that uh, trend continuing? Yes, I think it is something that's probably going to stay. So we will, hopefully and fortunately for the next cohort of students coming through, we will be going back to in-person teaching in the, in the fall semester, I hope. But talking to a number of universities that invested in picoscopes this time last year they're saying exactly that you know if for 120 dollars 130 dollars we can buy each student their own scope why wouldn't you because ultimately it is a bit like the textbook everybody buys the textbooks they keep them they get to use them and there's nothing stopping people doing that with picoscopes so i think there's something to take away from the pandemic is that you know, do we actually have to come into a laboratory to do coursework? And the answer is no, actually, we can be more flexible than that. We can do coursework remotely. And that means that you know students can work on practical projects at the weekends or in the evenings or at a time to suit themselves, really. If, if we move away from like the education piece, I guess in my mind, and I have no idea why, I'd always assumed that these would be used in like production areas or you know production lines things like that uh, because of need for space and being able to integrate into other systems where do you see the usages outside of the the let's call it the university or the regular bench settings okay so you picked up on a couple of quite interesting points there i think 
the point about production lines is, is interesting and I think also the point about incorporating to other things is interesting. So taking those in turn, our production environments, obviously space is an absolute premium. So the ability to, to put a small unit onto a bench top linked to a, a, a PC or a laptop is very valuable. Uh, and I think the other thing to pick up there is that production often faces very significant cost constraints. So when you're looking at product design, this, which is our core market, uh, product design, embedded design and debug, there's often more money than there is in, in product testing, end of line testing. So the competitive sort of nature of the cost of, of some of our products really gives them an edge in those cost competitive environments. So picking up on one thing that we found, so as well as real-time oscilloscopes and data loggers, we also have an RF product range. And in that RF product range, we have two vector network analyzers, VNAs. And those are things which have historically been cost prohibitive for incorporating into production environments. But with the advent of PC connected VNAs, we've been able to bring those down to a price point where they are actually a viable option for people doing product test, end of line test, so it, it, and also in a production environment. So I think there's, there's a cost and form factor implication there when it comes to those, those environments. Yeah, I started out uh, my career working on a VNA, and I remember that that was a pretty heavy-duty investment, and I would think especially with all the RF stuff, I mean, everything's obviously moving battery-powered and RF connectivity and everything. I would see that being a much more viable option now from the production line, from the QA and just the general production testing aspect. I could see that being a, a real hit. It is, yes, because if you used VMAs in the past, you'll, you'll remember them being expensive things that were in great demand. So a company might have had one VNA, but it was very much a test or you know an R&D style resource. And it wasn't something that would have been uh, allowed out onto a production shop floor because it would have been too valuable a resource and too expensive a thing to let out. Whereas now we have six and eight and a half gigahertz VNAs with entry level pricing well below $10,000. So we've enabled VNA applications to come in at price points that they wouldn't historically have, uh, have managed to achieve. So I think that that's a real benefit there. Yeah, I do. I do remember uh, actually there being, you know, quite a few people uh, wanting to use it. And luckily, I've always been a little bit bigger of a guy. So I got my time in whenever I needed it. So, you know, I guess I don't have to be yep. the don't have to be the muscle anymore. You, you're taking my taking my privy away from me. But that's okay. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the masses. So that's all good. Yeah. <laughs> There's a t shirt there. I think uh, you know, at least at least 10 people will buy it. You know, I'll be I'll be one of them. I like I like that one. I really Sold. want the t shirt now. Um, you know, obviously there's the bench and the production side of things, but uh, are there any other uses from a PC-based standpoint or any other types of applications where people have either used it in systems or as, actually as part of a product? It's another good question. So, yes, we have, and we sell a significant number of Picascopes, particularly for our integration into our OEM-style applications. 
So, again, when you go back to thinking about the form factor of an oscilloscope, a traditional benchtop oscilloscope does not lend itself well to incorporating into another system because it's large, it's got a built-in screen that you wouldn't want to actually see, and usually speaking, they're closed box, black box type applications, so you wouldn't be able to necessarily easily control that piece of equipment other than using it uh, in, in the, the sort of traditional way it was, was set up. So what we do, obviously, we've got the form factor that allows incorporation into OEM systems. Uh, we've got the, the, the lack of screen means that obviously you're not having screen architecture that you're, you're not going to use. But also we allow people to control peak products using what we call a, a software development kit, an SDK interface. So it's possible to control the peak scope or, or the data logger using a software package of your choice. So if you've got a, an OEM system that's running on, for example, NI's LabVIEW platform, we have the easy ability to control the scope using LabVIEW. Uh, likewise for some of the C languages, for Python, for MATLAB. So we have software examples, code examples for all of those things. So we, as a consequence, have a number of OEM customers that are buying our scopes not to use on the bench, but they're buying them to use them within other things. To give you some examples, we've got them used as the control, the control systems or part of the control systems for a laser-based system that's actually used to, believe it or not, to remove tattoos. It's a tattoo removal system. Uh, so slightly novel application, but we've also got quite a lot of OEM customers in high-end particle physics. So particle acceleration rings in, in Germany, for example, are using hundreds of picoscopes within rack mounts for OEM-style applications. So again, as I said, the form factor and the price, obviously, but the other thing is is this ability to control the Pico product using a software package of your choice. It, it makes um, it makes a compelling and attractive proposition for, for OEM applications. Yeah, I, I got to call you out on this one, though. Two things. Number one, you stole one of my questions at the end because I always like to ask people, you know, what's the craziest application? And you just threw out tattoo removal system. I've never heard that, and I'm pretty sure I'll never hear that again in any other kind of application. So I think right now you win the gold cup for craziest application. I never would have seen that one coming. The particle physics one, I guess I could see where that would be you know, where it would obviously be quite useful, but I think I can count those number of customers on both of my hands. So you, you pretty much probably have that market wrapped up. What other products do you guys, uh, obviously we've been talking a lot about the scopes and the VNAs. What other applications do you guys have seen a good fit for a PC-based type of piece of test equipment? Of course, good question. So as you say, the scopes we have oscilloscopes from 10 megahertz through to a gigahertz in bandwidth. We have data loggers, which can log our physiological parameters, whether that be temperature or current or voltage or electrical signals of, of one, one form or another. And then we have our RF product division, which is, as we talked about a little bit, uh, the VNAs. But we also have uh, a range of sampling oscilloscopes. So uh, sampling scopes offer a lower cost alternative to high bandwidth real-time scopes when you have a, a repetitive signal. 
So assuming you have a repetitive signal, we have the ability to, to, to measure bandwidths of up to 25 gigahertz at a price point that would be much more palatable than a 25 gigahertz real-time scope. Is there anything else from a inclusion standpoint that you guys offer that maybe might be a competitive advantage versus, say, your, your competition? So in terms of inclusion, being software-based, obviously with a traditional benchtop piece of test equipment, you, you would need to update that using firmware updates that would have to be uploaded to the instrument. Whereas being software-based, then all of our customers can simply download the latest version of software and they retrospectively get all of the features that have been added to the latest version of the software. So we're at the moment working on a, a very large major release that's going to come next year, an update to the, to the PicoScope software. And everybody that's got a PicoScope is going to benefit from that update free of charge. So that's one, one I think, major point. So software updates for the life of the product are go along with five-year warranties as standard on all of the, the real-time scopes. The other thing that we include that perhaps our competitors would, would charge for is that when we look at our, our serial protocol decoders, all of those are included um, free of charge. So depending on the scope that you pick, we have a, up to 21 serial protocol standards available. And those are all included free of charge, assuming that the scope that you pick has the, uh, the bandwidth and the sampling rate and the, and the memory depth to be able to, to deal with the standard. So that differentiates us from, from our competitors, a lot of whom charge a lot of money for certain serial protocol decoders. Speaking of competition, I'm guessing that you're seeing more and more people coming out with uh, USB-based or just uh, more PCB-based uh, type, uh, say, test equipment in general. Do you, do you see that trend continuing, or how, how do you feel about it uh, going forward? It's a very interesting question. We're in a fortunate position in that we're with a market leader in PC-connected test equipment, it's fair to say that whilst we're not a small player in the, in terms of the scale of the global TNM market, we are a, a small but fast growing percentage of it. When we look at our competitors, some of them have launched PC connected equipment. But the risk if you're making benchtop equipment at a significantly higher price point, the risk you as a benchtop manufacturer run is it effectively eroding your own market. So I think by being a dedicated PC connected company, we're not, we don't have that risk. We don't run that risk. So we've seen, I think, a slight reluctance from some of the larger benchtop TNM equipment manufacturers to go down that route for, for that reason. Of course, we have competition. All, all companies have competition, but we've got a dominant position in the market backed by a 30-year history of doing this. You know, we're also known for, for customer service and for, for quality and for warranties, etc. support. So I think we're in, we're in quite a strong, dominant position within that PC-connected market. Yeah, well, I think that your numbers speak for themselves with the growth rates that you've had. So I think you guys obviously have found a, a great market niche, and I think right now is probably, you know, one of the probably looking to be one of the best times in history for you with all the remoteness the price points it's almost like the per perfect good storm for you guys it really has been i think it's reasonable to say that actually the pandemic 
and the consequences of the pandemic have actually given us a boost because people have wanted to be able to work flexibly and remotely. So I, for example, I'm in the office this afternoon, but I spend a lot of my time working at home and I need to be able to move my equipment from one place to another simply and easily. And with the Pico products, I can just pop them into my laptop bag and, and off I go. So we've benefited, I think, from a lot of people needing to work from home but also needing to have this sort of hybrid style of working where they can move their equipment around and i think that's that's been a really big plus for us and when you couple that with the the academic demand that we discussed earlier i think the the two things as you say have come together for you know to to, to make it a, a perfect storm for us so whilst obviously the pandemic's been horrendous you know it's been an awful thing for a lot of us to have lived through I think it has, from a commercial perspective, driven demand for Pico's products, for which we're clearly very grateful. You know, I got to say, I've, I've learned more about PC-based scopes and equipment than I knew before, and I'm actually uh, kind of wanting one, so I might have to work one in here somehow just to play with it, just so I can have a really large screen. But I want to thank you for your time today, but before you go... At the end of every podcast, I like to do a little quick fire round just to know a little bit more about you because obviously you're the personality behind this. So like I said, usually I ask what's the craziest application your devices have ever been seen in or been used with. I'm guessing we're going to stick with tattoo removal, right? Well, that's one, but we can we can pick up on some other slightly odd applications. So one of our data loggers and in, in fact, our, our biggest selling ever product, our TC08 data logger, has been used in a huge number of temperature monitoring applications. But I think one of the strangest one was monitoring the temperature of penguins' eggs to make sure that they're being kept at the correct temperature for the baby penguins to hatch. So I think that one is up there with the, the tattoo removal. Dude, you, you don't cease to amaze me on this uh, on this discussion. That's uh, you you pretty. Yeah, you, you got me. I'm, I'm speechless on that one. That's uh, yeah, okay. All right. Well, you, you won there. I know when we talked uh, previously, you'd mentioned uh, something about you're kind of a big fan of music. What are you listening to now? Because I'm a, I'm a bit of a wannabe audiophile myself. What are you into and uh, what are you listening to right now? I listen to a lot of music. A lot of it is classical and or jazz and blues. So... Last night I was listening to, a, to an old album, actually an album from 1961, so 60 years ago. Louis Armstrong and Duke Ellington, The Great Summit, and it's it's two fantastic musicians coming together, and it was a live session, and it's just hard to believe that that is 60 years ago, because it, it's just aged so well, and it still works in 2021 as well as it did in 1961, so astonishing piece of music, and, and two two fantastic musicians that hadn't to that point done very much together so um great album yeah very cool very cool well maybe when i get back over to leeds and uh maybe i'll stick a take a stop by cambridge and i'll check out your system so i'll just invite myself if you don't mind you'd be extremely welcome and we could go for the uh, go for the all you could eat sushi at the same time oh, that's what i'm talking about <laughs> duke ellington and all you can eat sushi what more is there to life what's not to like <laughs> Exactly. Well, hey, you know, I want to thank you for today. You know, it's been a great discussion. And, um, you know, I'm just wondering if, if people want to get in touch with you or learn more about Pico, how would they go about doing that? The best place to start is to go to our website. So uh, 
www.picotech.com. That's P-I-C-O-T-E-C-H.com. Uh, we've got full details of all our products. Everything includes pricing, and there's also a complete list of sort of country contacts. So go go there, find out about the products, uh, and then if you want to get in touch, obviously, please feel free to reach out. That That's the best way to go and find out more about our products and, and the applications that they're used in. All right. And when you're ready to purchase, Newark, Farnell, or Element 14, right? Absolutely, yes. So you're our biggest global distribution account. We're extremely grateful for all of the help and the support that we, we get from the, the three respective organizations. You know, we're, we're enjoying fantastic growth with Newark, Element 14, and Farnell, and long may it continue. So, yes, absolutely. Completely agree. So, Mike, I want to thank you uh, so much for joining us today on the Innovation Experts podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I'd very much like to encourage all of our listeners to check out Mike Purdy and Pico Technology to find out more about their specialist products and services. And with that, we'll see you next time. Take care, Mike. Thank you very much indeed, Cliff. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. like to hear what you have to say about how test and measurement equipment supports innovation in your industry so please get in touch with us at technology at farnell.com if you enjoyed the podcast don't forget to subscribe on spotify apple music or wherever you get your podcasts all right i'll see you all for another interview on the innovation experts very soon until then thanks for listening